0: Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. All right, today we're sitting here in a podcast studio
1: where the Leading Lady podcast is recorded in a place called the Leading Lady Coaching Collective. We're going to talk about yoga, and um, I'm not sure I've ever been more out of place than I am today, but we are here with Julie Blanfin, who is a friend and a wonderful bon vivant around town. You are a writer, a speaker, and founder of Stretch Your Spirit. I want to say yoga, but it's not. It's just Stretch Your Spirit, period, right?
2: That's right, Jen. Yep.
1: <laughs> like I say, more importantly, I do consider you a friend. We walked in and we hugged in supposed to, you know, shaking hands and nice to meet you and That's exchanging right. business cards and everything else. We've known each other for years. Stretchyourspirit.com is the website. So tell me about it. I mean, ever since I've met you way back when, and I don't remember where it is, and I probably don't care to even think about how many years it's been, but I've known that you've been a yogi, yogi? Yogi. Yogi. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell me about Stretch Your Spirit.
2: Well, let me start from the beginning. I was raised in a school of gymnastics. I started practicing yoga when I was four. I started teaching when I was twelve. Uh, my mom had there a law against that, or something. <laughs> probably. <laughs> It came so naturally. That's where I was raised. That's what I knew. I was working with really little teeny tiny little gymnasts, um, actually special Olympians, who would come to our gym to practice their routines. But the ones that I worked with privately, one-on-one, were the kids who weren't using the bars and the beam because they had physical disabilities. And they would sit on the floor exercise mat with me, and we'd work on stretching and balance and strength and yoga. So that's how long I've been practicing yoga, and it just seemed natural when I uh, moved into entrepreneurship that I founded a business on on yoga.
1: What kind of drugs were you taking that decided to put you into entrepreneurship?
2: I know, right? <laughs> I know. We were just talking about how busy we are.
1: It is the most rewarding thing in the world, it. but it's also the it. most stressful thing in the world. It is. And it it's is. sort of a high hard you know, to figure out exactly what the balance is there. It is. it Uh, is. But I do imagine that yoga probably does help with that balance, right?
2: It sure does. Yeah. Thank goodness for practice. Thank goodness for yoga. But I like to call what I teach yoga in real life because – we can go to a class, we can we can carve an hour or more out of our schedule, we can get in the car, drive through the rain, find parking, unroll a mat that costs $100, get into the yoga clothes that cost more than that, pay for a class, take that time, and it's wonderful. Or we can just practice on our own during our day along the way for those quick little wellness wins, I like to say. And we can feel balanced and strong and flexible along the way. This is why I call it yoga in real life because it's happening all the time.
1: So you're sort of an advocate of not necessarily having the eight forty five a.m. yoga class per se. Is that correct? Is that am I hearing that right? Or or that you can supplement that?
2: You can totally supplement that. I don't teach. Um, groups that often anymore. I host international retreats once a year, maybe, tw- maybe twice a year, um, and I am uh, speaking at different workshops here and there, but teaching classes on a regular basis, unless it's private one-on-one yoga practice, then I'm not teaching classes per se. I've I feel that it's more valuable for me to keep preaching about what I teach my private clients, and that is yoga in real life because they're living. They're busy. They feel this way one day. They feel that way another day. And there is something within the yoga tradition that can help to keep them balanced and strong and flexible mind, body, and spirit every day.
1: Well, we are all over scheduled, and we joked about that before we started recording and everything else. And our lives uh, throughout my life and your life and everybody has gotten busier and busier and busier. I mean, there's the to do lists are getting longer and longer and longer. What can yoga do for a person?
2: When I first wake up, John, I don't pop right out of bed and, and check the emails. Right, right, right. I don't do that. Well, sometimes I do. <laughs> I take a moment to breathe, to just take one deep breath, and I move my body in such a way that I'm feeling just a little bit more ready to actually stand on my feet to move into the day. Some of us just wake up and just, we just fly out of bed and run down the hall looking for coffee, but you can actually wiggle around in bed, get into into a little yoga pose, maybe child's pose, which is... Um, the knees are under the body, your heart is facing down and you just move into this little space to stretch your ankles, knees, hips, stretch your back. You can go onto your side. You can reach your knees up towards your chest. You can do a long body stretch. I mean, think about all the ways in which you move your body when you want a nice stretch. That's yoga.
1: You know, it's funny. You you mentioned that about first thing in the morning and and. I do that myself, and I'm going to say I do yoga. But, you know, I I, mean, I, I I get up in the morning. Before I do get out of bed, I, I will, like, raise my legs and, and point the toes and, Excellent. you know, get the you know get the calves moving and stuff like that. And primarily so I don't fall down when I stand on my exactly. feet.
2: Exactly. Me too. Uh, Great.
1: But, you know, it, it does. It really – and uh, I am guilty of, you know, we'll grab the phone, we'll look, we'll do this stuff and everything else. But, you know, to be able to sit there and, and get ready to attack your day. It really makes a difference.
2: It really does make a difference. Not only does it help you stretch your body physically to feel more grounded once you stand up on your feet, it helps you to connect with yourself. Instead of connecting outside of yourself, going to the phone, going to the computer, going to the the schedule in your mind, the to-do list in your mind, it helps you to connect with your body. And that's pretty much the definition of yoga, John. Yeah. The definition of yoga is union, connecting mind and body and spirit. That's the definition of yoga. So we do that all the time, but we can actually do that in an intentional way. And that's my preach. That's pretty cool. Well, it
1: sounds to me like you're – Less of a yoga instructor and much more of a lifestyle consultant or a wellness consultant, leader, evangelist, uh, crazy, wacky woman.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? All of the above. So, For sure. Yeah. I consider myself a teacher. I definitely consider myself a teacher. I was raised by my mother. Um, And her wisdom is just so profound and wild and wonderful. And I learned so much from her from a very, very young age. So I've been teaching wellness and movement and inward focus. I was a gymnast, for God's sake. I mean, there's a lot of focus in that sport. Uh, And it's just so yogic that this is why I'm here. I've been doing it ever since I was a kid.
1: Did you do anything before this, before you jumped into what? What did you do before your entrepreneurship?
2: I did. I uh, had my undergraduate um, degree in speech pathology. And so I was working um, supporting uh, federal employees with disabilities in the uh, US Department of Education. I did that for six or seven years and then sold my house. I lived in Baltimore, sold my house, and um, quit my job and moved to Spain because that's what you do. <laughs>
1: Wow. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> and then when I came back to the States I founded Stretcher Spirit and that's when I went full throttle and all in on my entrepreneurship with uh, with yoga.
1: What happened in Spain?
2: I wandered. I did a whole bunch of writing. I organized all my poetry. I took all my poetry, all my journals and all the cocktail napkins that I wrote poetry on and all these random poems and all these sheets of paper. And I actually put them together into a collection when I was over there. And I did a whole lot more writing, too. But I did a whole lot of wandering. Very cool. Yeah. It was a great year.
1: That's ballsy, but good.
2: It was super ballsy. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) Good on you.
1: Good on you. What is the biggest – I mean – Okay, we've seen the memes and stuff. Okay, look, the downward dog. And I mean, you've got all the cartoons and all the funny little videos that you see in yoga classes and everything else. What's the biggest misconception that most people have about yoga?
2: That's a really great question, John. I hear so many myths about yoga. I hear folks saying, well, I can't practice yoga because I'm not flexible. And I said, well, that's why you should be practicing yoga, or I can't practice yoga because I have no time. And I'm here to tell you that we're all yogis. We're all born connecting our mind to our body because the mind and the body are connected. So you're constantly practicing that connection. And again, that's the definition of yoga. So for the misconception of all right, I have to get stretchy pants, I have to have a mat, I have to actually go somewhere, pay an, pay 20 bucks or whatever the rate is to walk into a class, that's a misconception. Yoga is you connecting with you, you moving through a pose, you practicing a breath technique, you saying no when somebody asks you sure. to do something. Yeah, it's just you giving yourself what you need, mind, body, spirit.
1: There was a um, Brian Johnson who used to be a physical trainer. I don't know whether he's still in town or not, but he told me at one point, he says the biggest misconception about physical train or, you know, personal training and, and working out and stuff like that is that you need to join a gym. He says, you give me give me two gallons of milk and I'll whip your ass into shape.
2: That's right. So, so yeah. you
1: sit there and you think about how yoga I mean, as, as you mentioned, you, you can do yoga in the. Ten minutes before you get out of bed. Exactly. Uh, so the time is not an issue. Time is not an can, issue. I, I mean, I'm sure you can do it on a boring Zoom call. Just put the camera off and. You
2: Absolutely. Know. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my clients are on Zoom. A lot of my private clients. They're not all here in Annapolis, Maryland. They're all around the country. And so you mentioned, and that, and that triggered something that I want to say. So when you, it's interesting because you're thinking about doing yoga, and I, my preach is practice. Like practice is my preach. If you can practice taking an extra five deep breaths before you pop out of bed in the morning, I can guarantee that you're gonna start feeling more clear. You're going to probably get more shit done every day. I'm allowed to say that. Yep. Um <laughs> You're probably going to feel a little bit more energized when you wake in the morning. You might be getting rid of the sleepy cobwebs much more effectively. But we don't do yoga. It's not about poses. It's not something that we do. It's something that we practice. It's almost like a way of life. I mean, it is for me. It's a way of life.
1: So it's it's just a mindset. It's just it's a a mindset. Yeah. So we should all listen to our Apple Watches a little bit more when it says, hey, take time and breathe.
2: Sure. Absolutely.
1: Uh, That's a a misconception that I think I may have. And you can correct me if I'm wrong on on yoga and this type of thing is that it is really sort of a female dominated sport. Uh, I I talked to Nicole Kelch uh, around the corner from the Ballet Theater of Maryland. And she said, yeah, we've got like 74 females and like nine men. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, is is that true? With yoga, I mean, what's...
2: That's a great point you bring up. Thousands of years ago when yoga first began, we understand that it began...
1: With a bearded beard beard Chinese guy, right? Cow, by right, by men,
2: right. <laughs> women weren't even allowed to practice <laughs> yoga. Um, so the fact that it's now more popular on, among women uh, might be the case. However, so many men practice yoga. I have a few men in my private clientele who have been with me for years. One who's been with me for six years, another who's been with me for four. I've got a couple of couples who work with me as well and a couple of couples who have been on my uh, retreats, uh, in my couples retreats. So the fact that there might be this misconception out there that it's just a a female practice is just unfounded, right?
1: I'll tell you, you back when we first met – And I may have my name wrong, but you did a thing and you sort of alluded to it, but I think it was called like the Wild Woman Weekend or something along those lines that you had organized Mm -hmm. probably back in the 2010s or something like that. Are you still doing the – and you mentioned that you're doing retreats. I mean, is, is this still going on?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So I love to encourage women to be really authentic and vulnerable uh, we talk about sexuality. We talk about the pelvic floor. That's one of my specialties: core and pelvic floor. Um, we dance. We sing. We we lie on the ground under the full moon. My last retreat was called "Awaken Your Wild Woman." Yes, I've had a number of workshops that have to do with with play and uh, all sorts of movement and conversation around our
1: authenticity. Are you Are you focused? purely on women then?
2: Um, uh, The majority of my clientele are women, and my online program is geared to midlife and menopausal uh, women. But again, I do work with plenty of men.
1: Well, what's a typical retreat like, or isn't there one?
2: Oh, my gosh. Retreats are so amazing. I mean, just go out there and Put stretch your spirit reviews. Put just put that in Google and look at the reviews, the testimonials. It, it it's so fascinating reading some of the memories and some of the aha moments that these women have when we go on retreat. And men, like I said, I've I've done couples retreats as well. Retreats, uh, gosh, it's so hard to explain what happens on retreat. It's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful what happens. There's just so much. Truth and trust and calm and energy. It's it's really quite something. You
1: know, it's, it's as you look at life in general. I mean, anytime you can get away from the real world uh, is a bonus. And I, I've been through not your type of retreats, but I've been through leadership annarundel, and they had these opening retreats and closing retreats. And you know, it, initially, it's like oh, here's the guy, he's going to make us like talk to strangers that we don't know who they are. And they're going to make us do silly little things. And, and by the end of this thing, you guys are bonded or you found some crazy goofy thing that you've been able to bond. And I imagine that's probably very similar with this. So I mean, you come back from this retreat, whether it may be a weekend or a week or, you know, maybe do you do a month long retreat? <laughs> you know, yeah, we amazing. wish, right? Yeah, that uh, But, you know, you've, you've got to come back with a fresh set of minds. You mentioned the aha moments that are probably very different for every single person that goes there. And it does make, you know, anytime you go to like a corporate retreat or training or something like that, when you do have a facilitator, which is what you are, everybody's going to get something out of it. And and you sort of know the pathway that you're looking to go. So it makes it very easy for people to, to follow right along.
2: Yeah, yeah. I take my role in these stretcher spirit retreats Very seriously. And yet I know that once we get there, I can also just like they're doing, I can also just feel calm and feel like I can settle into the space and the week or the moment or the day and really enjoy myself as well and feel that I'm among this community of women who aren't judging me which for me that took practice cuz when i was young i was bullied by girls so it's been a really amazing experience not just for the women coming on stretcher spirit retreats but for me as well as the guide
1: on your on your retreats are age wise i mean i know you said you focus on the premenopausal and the menopausal women and the, the perimenopausal and all the, all those other menopausal words that they've got, is that your sweet spot as far as the age goes and, you know, the 40s into the early 50s or something? I mean, you're not getting some octogenarians that are out there or some, you know, 25-year-old girls that are – girls, boy, that's a sexist term, isn't it? Is
2: it? I don't know.
1: I don't know. Uh, but, you know, you don't have some 25-year-olds and some octogenarians, right? I mean, you're sort of in that middle middle of the road.
2: The majority of the women who come with me on retreat are 40s, 50s. But I have had 30-somethings at the same time that my mom was my co-leader. My mom's 83. And she's a total badass. And she's still just right there. And she was teaching her program in the water. She calls it SHINE. And the ladies loved it, but I had literally a group of 18 women, and the ages were mid-30s, maybe young 30s. And I had mom at 83, and then I had about five or six who were late 60s and 70s. Yeah, it's it's quite a variety of – Women from all over and all ages, all experiences, and you're right, when you connect with that stranger, like that's one of the things that women are really nervous about. That's one of the things that they that they tell me is one of their concerns before they come. Oh, I don't know anybody. I'm going to feel so awkward. I might need to room with somebody I don't know. And I'm like, listen, I get it. Come anyway. And then when they get back –
1: they got a new BFF.
2: They've got a new BFF. That is the most profound aspect of the retreat is feeling that level of trust and gaining that level of trust with somebody new. It's
1: well, they fantastic. say that, that most people's fear, biggest fear is public speaking, is to get up in front of a crowd and like making a jerk out of yourself. Um <laughs> you know some some people make a career out of it but also meeting strangers i mean we were taught from little little kids to stay away from strangers yeah. they're bad they're bad most strangers are very helpful
0: yeah. in
1: in reality yeah. there are a few bad bad eggs but right. how often do you do your retreats
2: i have had 6 retreats so far i have another one that's scheduled for next spring my next women's retreat is next spring and you can find that on my website com. I am going to have a meeting shortly here in, um, I think, a week with a couple of my clients who want me to do another retreat this year. So stay tuned. There might be another retreat happening this year.
1: How frequently do you do the couple retreats?
2: I had three couples retreats. I okay. haven't done one since before the pandemic. Okay. The first one I did after the pandemic was the women's retreat. Okay. Yeah, and that was this past fall, and, and then I just had another women's retreat here in the spring.
1: Ah, awesome. Yeah. You did mention that you have an online course. I do. What's that all yes. about?
2: My online course is, like I was talking about in the beginning of our chat here, yoga in real life. Again, there are so many practices that we can roll out our mat, get on that mat for one hour, I'm here to tell you that you are already practicing in some way, and I'm going to show you how, and I'm going to show you how you can practice more during your day at different times. Maybe you only have 10 minutes. Maybe you only have two. And I'm going to show you ways that you can practice moving your body or being still and just breathing and focusing to help to give you daily wellness wins over and over and over.
1: That can be had at stretchyourspirit.com, right? Yes. And you can sign up for there what is the biggest tip for a non-yogi person non yoga to uh <laughs> you know for to be more mindful more well feel better about themselves I mean you mentioned you know get in bed getting the uh, you I can't remember what you called it I'm going to call it
2: child's the, pose okay I was gonna yeah, call it yeah. the fetal
1: position yeah you know, yeah but similar. very similar but or or do something I mean what what is one thing that somebody can do that is not practicing yoga at this point that will make, we'll make a difference for them, they, they, for most people.
2: Yeah. I think that as soon as I give you permission to stand in the shower in that hot water and reach up with the left arm and then reach up with the right arm, and t- it can be as simple as that, but realize how you can move your body wherever you are living your life. This is why I call it yoga in real life because you can do that. The biggest objection I hear oh, I can't practice yoga, I don't have any time. And that's all we've got is time. So during your days at different times, just move your body or stop moving your body and be still for a bit and to see, just to see how it can help your uh, level of wellness.
1: Well we live in an area that is very congested and some people have hellacious commutes. Can you do yoga in a car?
2: Absolutely. You can do yoga. There you go. There's there's
1: there's there's your hour that you need.
2: That's right. Kitchen, car, I do yoga in the airport, on a plane, absolutely. You can do you can practice yoga anywhere. That's awesome. Do you do speaking at all? I do. I am speaking. I've been on a bunch of podcasts. I am the guest speaker at different events locally and internationally. I've been on Facebook groups and and podcasts around the world. I I love to speak. I love to share the message about how well we can stay every day in some way. Uh, So again, you can find that information about my speaking on stretcherspirit.com.
1: You're a true evangelist. <laughs> You're, um, I'll tell you what. Before we wrap it up, and one last thing that I've got on my little to-do list here is that I did go to stretcherspirit dot com before I came over here, and I clicked on the bio, and I said, "You can quote whistle like a champ." So now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. As we wrap <laughs> it up, Julie Blanford, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> That's awesome. I did. I did. I didn't know whether it was a whistle. I didn't know whether it was a cat call or whether it was like a happy tune. Or... I can whistle.
2: Uh-huh. You should hear my mom whistle. Now,
1: is, is that is that, a, is that a, a, a something that you learned in your youth?
2: It is. Yeah, I've been whistling a long time. Do you
1: yeah. always have to have your fingers in your mouth to whistle, or can nope. you do the whole? No, nope. you can do the.
2: <laughs> I can whistle. Yeah, I can whistle songs. I can whistle. I can whistle with my toes.
1: <laughs> do you do it? Do you do it a lot? Do you find yourself doing? I it? I
2: do. Yeah, I do whistle a lot. Yeah. It's like a, my boyfriend knows my whistle. Uh, my family has a whistle. <laughs> that sounds great. I know. My fa- he didn't like it in the beginning, but uh, we've been together 12 years. He, he's used to it. Um, if I can't find him somewhere and I will whistle, he, he knows where to find me. Um, I also have hearing loss. So a whistle is really helpful um, for me to, to find where you are, because often I can't hear you calling me because I only have one ear that works. So I don't know locationally where the sound is coming from. So um, if I can whistle, he can find me. That's awesome. Yeah, and so that works for us. But I was raised with whistling. My family has a family whistle. For I remember when I was a kid, my grandparents. Dinner's
1: ready. Exactly. Get, get, get your ass home. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic, Julie Vlamfin, Thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm so glad that you went to Spain and got your uh, got your spirit together. And uh, for for folks that are interested, uh, which you should be, go check out stretchyourspirit.com and um, maybe a retreat is in the the works or maybe you just need to find a couple minutes to practice yoga and be a different person.
2: That is wonderful. Thanks for that. Quick plug there, John. I appreciate that. And I appreciate talking to you as always. It's a
0: pleasure. Thanks for listening to this week's local business spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events and opinion.